Yo, what is up? Welcome back to the Next Level Experience. Today, we have a good friend of mine for Wisdom Wednesday. We have Coach Danielle Abel with us. Uh, Danielle is a badass mom who hails from the great state of Minnesota. Danielle is also a competitive powerlifter as well. Join us today as we talk about the benefits of strength training for women. We talk about the new RPE level that we discovered. You know, we talk a lot about the science behind powerlifting. So if you're a fan of powerlifting, if you're a female trying to transform their body, or if you're just a fitness connoisseur, this episode is for you. Enjoy. So guys, welcome back to the Next Level Experience. I have a very special guest with me for today's Wisdom Wednesday episode. Uh, she is a fellow online coach and a fellow badass. Uh, she hails from Minnesota, where it's currently snowing right now, I, I do believe. Uh, we, we have <laughs> Coach Danielle with us. Welcome, Danielle. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Danielle, if you can, just before we start diving into, you know, what we're talking about today, which is primarily, uh, you know, females and weightlifting, um, before we really dive into that topic, if you can, just like tell the audience a little bit about yourself, you know, your background as a coach, your background as a mom, and just as a badass. Yeah. So, I mean, just to make it really short and sweet here is um, I've been a mom for almost nine years, probably been like in consistent weightlifter for the last, I don't know, seven or eight, something mm -hmm. like that. Uh, prior to that, like really just didn't really have any plan, just kind of followed random things online. Um, definitely been active my whole, whole life, but kind of just really kind of zeroed in on kind of like strength sports, I guess if you will, in the last, you know, seven to eight years. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a nurse by trade, uh, transitioned to the industry, honestly, after COVID hit, because the the positions that I was working in essentially kind of just uh, dissolved due mm -hmm. to um, in-person and that kind of a thing. Um, and then at that time, I had kind of gone through a series of different transformations myself, like after having kids, definitely struggled to get my body back and that kind of a thing. And then eventually took it really too far and had to figure out like, where is maintenance and how do I find balance with life? And so that's kind of what I do is kind of help women navigate that, uh, that kind of slippery slope and kind of meet them where they're at. Nice. So it's, it's really weird. Like I, I say weird, but it's just really unique because like as a late, I've seen a lot of nurses have transitioned into coaching. Why, why do you think that is? Yeah, honestly, I talk about this a fair amount. And um, in my opinion, I, I really kind of got tired of like just chronic disease management. Mm -hmm. And ultimately just, I don't know. I mean, I hate using the word, but like, if I'm being honest, a lot of it is like band-aid type of approaches. Mm -hmm. And the only reason why I say that is just like, A, because I think it's just a really nice like analogy, but B the way that the the regulatory structure and like the financial structure is set up in healthcare, the reimbursement doesn't really promote preventive care. I mean, we're getting there. Like as I was transitioning out, we were definitely getting there, right. but a lot of it is like, if you have an acute problem, we'll manage it for you. Mm -hmm. And then if you have a chronic problem, we'll manage it for you, but there's really nothing like preventive. Like how do we prevent this from even happening or delay it? And so that's kind of where I see myself. Right. Yeah. So that kind of like goes into what I always talk about uh, being proactive versus reactive. Um, like I, I tell I tell people, like especially my athletes all the time, like, hey, be proactive, like within your weeks, like on Sunday, if you know you got a busy week coming up, like 
go ahead and structure things, like go ahead and plan things out. So you like, there are no more surprises because whenever we're not very proactive with our schedule, with our time, with our health, like I've learned, you know, personally, and from working with a lot of people that oftentimes we find ourselves in a reactive state. And whenever we're in a reactive state all week long, we're stressed, we're struggling, we're stumbling. Like we're trying to make time whenever we don't have time. And like, I just, I've always found like on Sundays, Sunday night, sit down, like be proactive, write your schedule out for the week say monday i'm doing this tuesday i'm doing that wednesday i'm doing that now of course the the common curveball might throw you know it might be thrown within your week sometimes and that's normal but i've always found that if you're proactive like it's perfect you you, you typically have a better week well and i think it's just like having the discipline to do that because yeah. it's just certainly it's like one more thing to do of course but like what i'll say to my clients is i'll say something like it's a matter of like having the same value having or assigning, I should say, assigning the same value to the process versus assigning the value to an outcome. Like if you yes. really want this, then you have to see the same value in that process to get you there. Yes, absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Um, so let's kind of kind of start transitioning into our topic for today, which is like women in strength training, women, women in weightlifting. Um, I, I know you you kind of like gave us some insight on how long you've been active and how long you've been strength training uh, before. One question I do have for you. Ha have you ever like competed in like powerlifting or anything before? Or have you just always just like strength trained just to stay healthy? Yeah, so I started competing in powerlifting um, last year in 2021. Nice. And honestly, before that, it's funny because like, if you go to my page, like I talk a lot about this, like I had such a physique focused mindset around mm -hmm. like training, if you will. Like I didn't honestly, like if I'm being really honest before, like maybe even like two years ago, um, I really just saw training at physique from a physique centered goal. Like how could I look better? You know, how could I be more shredded? How could I um, change what I was seeing in the mirror. But <clears throat> I eventually got to the point where like, I was just honestly so tired of doing like eight, 10, 12 reps of everything where I was like, I couldn't load it heavy. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> I didn't ask if I can swear on this podcast, but I just You're did. Good. So, You're good. Okay. Um, so I would, you know, I would see other people and they were like lifting like way more than me. And I'm like, well, shit, I need to transition. So uh, I think it was like probably summer, summer of 2021, I kind of made the transition to like strength, if you will, and have definitely had like hypertrophy blocks and stuff like that mm -hmm. in between. But um, honestly, just kind of got tired of that. And I think I will eventually go back to that kind of just, you know, in a better balance. Um, but yeah, now I'm powerlifting and absolutely love it. I have a meet coming up here in three weeks. So really? Wow. That's right. Yeah, around the yeah. Corner. yeah. Just like very soon. And, uh, honestly, I feel really good. Like I feel even better than I did for my last meet. Mm -hmm. Um, and if I'm being like really transparent, it's just because of like better psychological management. Mm -hmm. I think like, I'm not really doing a whole ton different with my training, mm -hmm. but I'm definitely like doing a lot of parasympathetic work and mm -hmm. things like that just to like reduce overall body burden. So. Right. 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 Um, so like, ha have you guys started like kind of like load management process yet like like where you kind of like you're upping intensity a little bit then we're creeping it back down until a day of meat yeah we haven't started tapering quite yet i mean slightly slightly um <clears throat> but our taper will start next week for sure heck yeah awesome so what what are you uh currently pulling right now 
Uh, my squat is going really poor. I'm actually like in this struggle right now between like, if I'm lifting in flats for yeah. for a squat anyway, or if I'm lifting in heels, because I feel like I have advantages on either one. Right. So my coach and I are actually going to look at that next weekend again, because yeah. I was down there yesterday with him and he's like, I don't know. <clears throat> so we're gonna look at that again. But mm. right now, like my top squat is like 253. Um, I should say like my body weight right now is like 155. Okay. I'm I'll be I'll be competing in the 75 kilogram class, mm -hmm. but um I definitely like could cut, do a water cut or something yeah. to go down to the 67.5, but I honestly don't want to. <laughs> I just don't no, want to. I just don't want to. I cut for my last meet and I definitely like lost some some of the strength that I had built. Mm -hmm. And for me, like, I'm definitely not looking to get on a national stage or an international stage for crying out loud. Like yeah. I'm a mom. I have to be like realistic with what yeah. I can do. So anyway, so that's my squats. Um, bench right now is like 165. That's, that's um, actually really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And yesterday um, we weren't top sets or anything. I was supposed to be doing like an RPE seven or an eight and I like easily hit 155. So I feel like in comp or at least towards the end of this block, like I might even be closer to 170. So yeah, uh, bench is 170. And then um, I actually just had a PR yesterday for like an RPE eight um, nice. at like 280 for a deadlift. So wow, wow, super, super excited for comp because like I've been like gunning for 300 for like a year and a half. So yeah. Right on, right on. Yeah. So, so guys, just some of like the, the terminology that we're talking about right now, um, Danielle, if you could like elaborate what you mean by like hills versus flats, because some, some listeners might not be as well inversed in the powerlifting world. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really just a matter of like kind of selecting your footwear based upon where your, <clears throat> where your limitations might be mm -hmm. for me. Um, I used to have decent mobility, but now that I haven't really been working on mobility as much, like I've really been erring more on strength. Um, you know, certainly have a little bit of mobility in there, but nothing like, like before I definitely mm -hmm. have some just limited, um, dorsiflexion and plantar flexion, which would be like just up and down of my ankle. And so therefore, you know, probably like Two months ago, I decided to go ahead and get a pair of like Nike Romaleos, which are going to be like a heel based, um, like squat shoe. And some people do use them for bench too, just to elevate the, the angle of the ankle. But what I found with the heels is that I'm better with depth because mm -hmm. of the ankle mobility, right. but my strength isn't as high because I can't drive my toes into the ground as much. Absolutely. So it's, it's honestly like, it's a it's like one week it goes really well with the heels and then mm -hmm. I switch over to the flats and it goes really well. And I'm like, well, shit, <laughs> which one do I use? <laughs> it so, just depends yeah. on the day, huh? <laughs> so I literally, I don't even know. I don't know. Like as of next weekend, my coach said, absolutely not. We are not changing anything else after next weekend. Love it. So after next weekend, I'll know if I'm going to be lifting in heels or flats, but gotcha. yeah. Gotcha. And, and also um, the, the terminology uh, RPE, you threw RPE towards the, end of telling us about your numbers. Um, if you could like tell us what does the RPE stand for? Yeah. So, uh, different coaches use different types of intensity, but, mm -hmm. uh, my coach in particular uses RPE, which is just rating of perceived exertion. Okay. And it kind of allows you to identify like how you're feeling with that particular load. So I like to think of it as like internal load and external load. So like mm -hmm. if you're feeling like really under recovered for the day, then 
that same amount of weight that maybe you left lifted last week might actually feel like a heavier amount on your back just due to, you know, poor recovery or a higher stress load on your body. So it allows you to kind of gauge your intensity. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing I always tell, like, like our newer clients, especially like lifestyle clients, if we ever have them doing RPEs, um, I always tell them, think of it like this. Is it heavier shit or is it light as shit? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah. That's all RPE is. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah, just gotta like simplify it for sure. And uh, I was actually just like reading a study the other day and it was talking about like how, you know, newer lifters aren't necessarily as accurate with their assignments because they usually just will over, um, over exaggerate, like how heavy it Mm -hmm. actually is or how much they could actually do. And, and it's, you know, nothing to be like ashamed about or embarrassed about. It's more or less like as you get more um, experience and you kind of can feel the differences between different loads, then you get better at that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There, there is definitely um, a lot that goes into play, especially with like muscle maturity and training maturity as well. Cause like I tell people all the time, like, Hey, I've been training since I was like 15. Like I've been lifting like for like the last 15 years. If you've only been lifting for five years, unless you're like a genetic freak, I have more muscle maturity over you. I have more lifting maturity o- over you. Like, uh, like Alex Mosey likes to say, like, I have more time under the bar than you. Yes. So like, like that's legit a true thing. So like, if, if you're listening to this and like, you've only been lifting for like a little while, a little while, meaning like, like five-ish years, like, dude, you're only scratching the surface of what you're capable of. Like I didn't really get strong, strong until I would say maybe after a decade of lifting. And like now, like the closer I get to 30, because I turned 30 this year, like I've felt the strongest I've ever felt in my life right now. Like, like for real. And like, like I'm even like in a cut right now. And like, I feel like the strongest I've ever felt now, like numbers wise, like my numbers aren't as high, but like just performance wise and like body wise, I feel strong as hell right now. And like, I, I really contribute that just to muscle maturity. I contribute that to sh- like training maturity as well. And like, if you don't know what training maturity is, if you're listening to this, it's basically just like the amount of time you've been training. That's it. That's all it is. Um, but yeah, so let, let, let's kind of transition into the conversation of like women in powerlifting, women in strength training, um, because like I've been really excited about this recording on um, today. And like I started planting some seeds like throughout the week. And ironically enough, like, ha- have you ever heard the saying, like, if you're looking for a yellow car, you'll see like a thousand yellow cars? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, in my brain all week, <laughs> I've been like, okay, what are we talking about? Like, what questions am I going to ask her? And like, I started like all of a sudden, like on my Facebook feed, I see nothing but like Peloton stuff. I see like, <laughs> Peloton ads, like people posting about Peloton, people posting about Orange Theory. And I'm like, holy cow. Like, it's just like my phone is like connected to my brain and it knows like what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> I've had similar situations like that. And I swear I haven't told anyone, typed it into anything or said anything out loud. And it just all of a sudden happens. Dude, I, I swear these things are connected to our brain somehow. <laughs> like, I don't know how, but they're connected somehow. <laughs> and it, it's just, it's so wild because like it started occurring on like Thursday. Like I started seeing like stuff about Peloton, like all over like Facebook. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was just weird. You're like, this is the opposite. This is the complete Bro. opposite. <laughs> Bro. Well, so yeah, it's the opposite, but like, I, I actually want it to be part of our conversation because okay, yeah. A lot of females, as you know, like they think the answer to everything is cardio. And like, I even made a post on my Facebook, um, 
I think it was yesterday. Yesterday I was in the gym, ironically on, on the bike doing a little bit of cardio. And like, I just saw people like talking, talking about, yeah, like I just got, or like I got Peloton like two years ago, but I never use it. Then like the next comment on that post was like, yeah, I loved it. I did it. I did like five classes and like, I need to do it more. And like the thought popped into my head. I was like, why do you think more cardio is the answer? So like, what, why, why do you think women believes that more cardio is the answer to get to the body or get to the result that they're desiring? So I just unpacked this. Um, I was working on some curriculum slides for a, a program that I have. And honestly, what I think it is, and this is just due to, you know, a couple of years worth of coaching women here so far is when I unpacked it in the course, the, the direction that I took is I went through like bioenergetics. So I went through with them, like how our body uses fuel and then how it makes fuel or how it makes energy. So I talk a lot, a lot about this, as far as like metabolism goes is from a surface level, it seems as though, you know, let's just say you have extra body fat that you want to lose it seems though, as though, you know, cardio of some kind, and that's a whole other conversation, I think too, because the mm-hmm. intensity level is definitely going to impact it. But in, in the mind of the women, at least that I have spoken to or, or received feedback from, or looked at intake forms from in their mind, it's like, if I need to lose fat, then I need to do cardio. But when we look at it from a bioenergetics perspective, we actually know that resistance training actually has a longer duration of caloric burn because resistance training is going to be anaerobic, meaning that you don't necessarily have oxygen coming in in order to power those movements. But we also know that that's a short duration. Mm -hmm. So therefore we have to make up for the oxygen debt that we have instilled in our body. And so therefore the metabolism or our metabolism overall has to increase resting energy expenditure later into the day and actually burns more calories in the long term than what short-term cardio, if you will, cardio and whatever intensity level you want to look at um, is going to do. And I think when we talk about like Orange Theory or Peloton, what they might be missing there is that many of those programs are also anaerobic. Right. But they aren't actually providing any type of a, a stimulus to any one particular muscle right. for that muscle to be broken down and to be rebuilt stronger. So I think that's just kind of what I see is that they, there's a lack of understanding around how the body uses fuel and produces fuel. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. There, I really do think that there's a big misconception uh, that a lot of people think like, Hey, I have to do cardio in order to like burn body fat. Like for some reason, like people have it like within their brain and within their mind, like the only way to burn body fat is by doing more cardio. And I I really think I I, like, I love working with female clients mainly, uh, mainly just because of the mere fact that whenever they actually start weightlifting, like we we've had clients within our program, like they've never weightlifted before until they start working with us. And like, they were very shy and timid about it. And like, as soon as they, like they started like weightlifting, they're like, this is the best I've ever felt. This is the best I've ever looked. And I was like, yeah. And like, how long have you been doing cardio for? Well, like I've been doing like cardio for like the last eight years, like hoping to get this result. And I'm like, cool. 
how long did it take with weightlifting and strength training? Oh, a few months. Weird how that worked. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think too, like it's, it's kind of a scary, it's a scary thing for women because like it's, if they've never done it and it's like anything, honestly, like <clears throat> if you've never done it, then you don't have that experiential knowledge. Right. And it's scary to think about like wherever you are right now and kind of like where you think you need to be at but not really knowing like what the bridge looks like to get to that new place. Yeah. Yeah. No, for, for sure. And like, that's beautifully said because I always talk about like, it's okay to be afraid. Like I, I tell people all the time, like, Hey, it's okay to be afraid of a circumstance. It's okay to be afraid if you've never been within that circumstance or within that area before. And like, one thing I always bring up is like the first bodybuilding show I ever did. Cause like, you are scared shitless, like for real, like you are on stage, like 98% naked, like you're like dehydrated as hell. You're hungry. You're hangry for the, for the better part. Um, like you just have so much going on within your mind and within your body. Like it's kind of like an overwhelming feeling, but also at the end of the end of the day, once you get on stage and you step off, it happens like that. Cause like it happens in a blink of an eye. Cause you're, you're like on stage and off stage. Like once you're off stage, you're like, Fuck yes, let's do that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's that's like, exactly. Like, it's so true. Like that's exactly how I felt for my first powerlifting meet. Yeah. I was like, I had no idea what to expect. You know, like I was definitely going in there. And the worst part was, is like when you go to your rules meeting at like whatever mm -hmm. time, you know, the morning rules meeting. Um, the announcer was like, raise your hand if this is your first meet. And I was like, oh my God, like, I don't want all these people to know. I mean, there were definitely like more of us that were there for our first meet, yeah. but then after it's done and it does happen so fast, it's like, let's do that again. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So like, I, I love that because I feel like lifestyle clients can learn a lot from athletes. And like, I'm not just saying from like a scientific perspective or like a exercise science perspective, I'm talking about just from like a mindset perspective, because I, I think a lot of people, they, they see like bodybuilders and they see like powerlifters and they see competitive athletes and like, they think they're bigger than life. Like they don't think that they're human. Um, mm -hmm. But in reality, they're some of the most humane people in the world. Like there's some of the there's some of the people that have the most like issues in the world, like the most like mindset issues and mental issues. Um, but like, I, I, I love, I just love that, you know, a lot of lifestyle clients can look at some of our athlete clients and just like gain that from them. Hey, like they're afraid of this. So it must be okay that I'm afraid to step foot into the dumbbell section in the gym. Yeah. So Yeah. Well, and I just kind of to piggyback off that, what I would even say too, is that I try to find other things for clients who don't necessarily like compete in anything. Mm -hmm. um, I try to find other things that like get them excited or would get them excited because oftentimes, like at least for some of the women that I work with, like, you know, oftentimes like a main goal is fat loss, yep. but Oftentimes they have been under eating for so, so long that unfortunately, like we have to restore metabolism first yeah, and then we yeah. can work on a cut. So like, you know, it's, it's definitely a mindset switch for them when they come in and I look at their numbers and I'm like, okay, cool. So, you know, you say that you want to work on this, but like, ideally we need to go here first. Um, what else is important to you? Like, would it be cool to be stronger? Like, would it be cool to, you know, have higher energy throughout the day? And so like identifying those other things that are not necessarily like, so physique or like numbers driven. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, I, anytime I have another coach come in here and, and say what you just said, talking about restoring the metabolism, it makes me smirk and like just side eye a little bit because like we've had so many clients go like, you guys are crazy. What, what you mean? I need to eat more. What, <laughs> like, what? It, like I'm supposed to be dieting, right? Like, yeah, your diet's what you eat. But like, right. <laughs> So like anytime like a coach steps in here and like they say that I just like side eye and smirk a little bit like, see, I am not crazy. <laughs> I, I, I trust me. I I, I share the same stuff to like my social, I'll share it to my podcast because mm-hmm. it's definitely, it's such a, it's such a mindset fuck specifically for women, because it's yeah. like, if my body doesn't look like I want it to, then I, I should just cut calories. And it's like, that only works for so long. Right. And you've been doing that for so long that now we have to do something else because, you know, unfortunately a lot of people don't understand this stuff. Oh yeah, dude, a thousand percent. And I, I think what what's so what's so funny or not 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 per se funny but like what's so particular about some females is I've noticed that a lot of females they're scared to reach out for help like uh, I, I've learned like a lot of them are because like a lot of them they just have this like oh I'll figure it out myself mentality or like they have like the the misindependent mentality as I like to call it you know yeah. they're like you know I'll just google it or I'll just youtube it or like I'll just follow this chick on Instagram and like do what she does do what she's doing yeah yeah, yeah exactly and like I tell people all the time and like I like I made a video about this the other day that I posted on social media um First time I ever wore a wig on social media as well. <laughs> I saw that video. Yeah, yeah I, I got roasted by, by some of my athletes, like for real. Um, but anyways, <laughs> like I made that video because like I think it's really important for not only women, but all clientele to understand, like just because, you, you know, big booty Becky on Instagram does something that doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Like that doesn't mean like if you follow that exact thing that she's doing to a T, that doesn't mean you're going to look like her because like you're, you, you are your own unique animal, as I like to say, uh, you, you are your own unicorn, <laughs> if you will. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I'll put in my content. Like I'll say like something like um, it's, it's your individual metabolism. <laughs> like you can absolutely, you can, you can Google all of these things a hundred percent. You mm-hmm. can absolutely Google them, but you have to know the right thing to Google. Exactly. Exactly. And then, then the problem with Google and like YouTube is like there's any, anybody could post on Google and YouTube now, like, like anybody could post anywhere in the world. Now that's just the, the way the world works with technology now. And unfortunately there's a lot of bad information, but fortunately there's a lot of good information as well. The issue is you have to sort through the bad info to get to the good. And most of the time people read too much bad information that whenever they actually get to good information, they're like, wait, you're saying this, which is right. But the last four sources I read told me something completely different. Those last four sources were complete and utter bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think like sometimes like, um, like, uh, I don't know, for example, like if you find a blog or something that talks about like um, high volume, low calorie foods and, you know, something like that, it's, yeah. it's a matter of like realizing that that was meant for somebody who is in a dieting phase. Mm-hmm. That's it. That is it. Like, that's the only time that that would apply. So like, you can have the damn cupcake, you can have the cookie or whatever. I mean, for crying out loud, you could probably even fit it into your dieting macros, but like, there's, there's no reason to eat like that when you're not in a specific, you know, time bound dieting phase. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And, uh, like, I, I think, I think about myself 
a lot, like my younger self, whenever, like I'm talking to clients, because I, I remember back whenever I first started before I ever became a coach, before I ever became a strength coach, like I just think back to young Michael and like how little he knew. So like, I try to take that same approach with, you know, our lifestyle clients, because I remember trying all the diets. Like I remember trying keto and trying fasting and like drinking like a protein shake, thinking like it's going to be like the one miracle thing that works. And, you know, I just, I remember doing all those things and I eventually started working with my first coach, which ironically, she's a big name in the powerlifting world, Stacy Burr. Um, I started working with her. Have you, have you ever heard of Stacy? Some people have seen her content before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. She's a complete badass. So she was like my first ever coach. And uh, I learned so much from her. And honestly, this was at a time where I've spent like maybe the last like three years trying to do it myself and like watching YouTube stuff and watching people on Instagram and all and all that stuff. But ironically enough, like I started seeing results a lot faster and like I started getting better, you know, in the gym and like just overall health wise, you know, once I started working with Stacy and love Stacy to death, but like it, it, it wasn't Stacy that ultimately got me there. It was myself. Stacy, basically Stacy supplied the car and I had to drive. The yep. car. And like yeah. that, like that's one big thing. I like like, that. Yeah. That's one big thing I, I tell people all the time. Like, Hey, I could give you the car, but you have to drive it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like I could, I could give you the tools all day long, but, uh, you, you know, I can't make you do anything that you don't want to do. Well, and I think it's just like a matter of like what I've identified at least is like some people will come in and they know that they need help. And there are some that like kind of want to want to balk the system, if you will, mm-hmm. and just like question everything. Mm-hmm. And then there are others that are like, they just kind of what's the best word? Kind of like, um, let go, like let Mm -hmm. go of thoughts that they thought that they understood. Yeah. And when you give them, you know, new information and new ways of thinking about things or new perspectives, um, or even education that they maybe haven't had the opportunity to have, um, that, that individual, like the latter individual just seems to do so much better because they're open to shifting their identity and what Mm -hmm. they have kind of always believed. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, for sure. And I, I love that because I feel, I feel like a lot of times like women and like you, you can, you can speak from this cause you're a mom. I, I feel like women, they play so many roles. Like they, they play mom, they play spouse, they play provider, they play mama bear as a protector. Like they play so many different roles in life that it's sometimes daunting to think, okay, I got to add another role or it's sometimes hard for women to step into this realm and see like, Hey, you don't really have to change who you are as a person. Like we just have to start aligning things a a little bit differently. Um, so like, how do you, how do you help your female clients with that? Like, how do you help them understand like, Hey, you're not so much per se changing who you are. We're just improving who you are. Yeah, that's a hard one. Honestly, like it's, I feel like it's so, it's so unique, but kind of just thinking about a couple, a couple different people, um, in my head is I think like hands down, kind of like what I mentioned before, they're all open to shifting their mindsets, Mm -hmm. um, and open to evaluating or reevaluating their routines. So like, for example, for me, like even for me as a mom, like excuse me, the early morning workout 
or the early morning training session there for a while was really daunting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm already exhausted. Why the hell would I wake up and eat earlier? Right. Of course. But I kind of just trusted the process and I was like, all right, so what I'm, what I'm hearing, <laughs> what I'm hearing, and this is like, you know, seven or eight years ago is like that you're going to feel better once you start doing this. And so I just honestly had to trust the process. I think it was like on a Sunday night, set my damn alarm, started getting up early. And, you know, here we are like eight years later where I've gotten to the point where I'm so good with managing and manipulating my routine that now I end up like actually working it into like a little bit later in the morning and doing it after my kids go to school and realizing that like that time is just as important as time where I would be working or time where I'd be doing something else. So I think like wherever you are, just realizing that like, it's going to possibly shift as you continue to grow and as you continue to learn, but just always being open to like being willing to look at that routine and that schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's actually fantastic advice. Cause like one, one thing I tell moms all the time, like I'm not telling you to stop being a mom. I'm just asking you to make yourself a priority. Mm-hmm. So like, like that's something that, that I tell a lot of our uh, lifestyle clients who are moms, like not, not saying you, you have to quit being a mom, not saying you got to start ignoring your kids. I'm just saying like, Hey, may, maybe, maybe we need to make ourselves a priority a little bit. And ironically enough, most of the time I, I've experienced with our women or female clients, uh, I've learned and noticed that whenever they start doing that, they are less stressed. They yeah. are less angry at their kids, them and their husband argue less like their relationship in the bedroom increases, like a lot of good things yeah. happen. <laughs> a lot of good things happen. <laughs> we so. just need to trust the process. Yes. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. So um, I, I do want to bring this up because like, I, I do want to want to know your thoughts on this. Um, I've read in a study before, I, I'll have to find it and send it to you, but I've read in a study before where women are actually better, like, like the anatomical structure of women are actually more uh, suitable for weightlifting uh, due to the pelvic floor shape and due to the amount of estrogen in the body, because there, there was a study that was released showing that estrogen is actually a chemical that actually helps with pain management. So people believe that that's a big reason why women can endure more pain than men because men have less estrogen and uh, women have more. Um, so th- thankfully men don't give birth due to our <laughs> estrogen. <laughs> but anyway, so I bring that up because like, I think about all those studies and it's like, well, if women's pelvic floor is shaped to actually handle heavier loads, and if they have a magical chemical in their body that is for pain management, which, you know, let's be honest, weight, lifting weight sometimes like it does like can be painful in a way, mm-hmm. um, in a good way. Like, why aren't women doing it? Like, it, like it's just, it's like, <laughs> it, it's like biologically, it's there. Like biologically, like the stars are aligned, but it makes no sense. And like within that same study, it was shown that whenever women are actually on their menstrual cycle, their mm-hmm. performance increases due to the higher levels of estrogen within the body. So then, yeah. so then they can lift heavier. Yep. Uh, Yeah. I mean, just, I would say like anecdotally, like just because this is kind of the first thing that popped into my head, but like, I've definitely noticed, and I've definitely talked to some of my like female counterparts who are like either in competitive powerlifting or just like to powerlift or like, you know, primarily like train strength. 
Um, <clears throat> I know for myself, like usually in the second day of my cycle, um, I feel really strong in the gym. Um, I think it was like just last week, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was last week because I was there last week. Um, it was like probably day two of my cycle and I was supposed to be doing like some, uh, like pause deadlifts. And I mean, for crying out loud, like, I mean, right now, like my, my, uh, my deadlift is 280 mm-hmm. and I was like easily, easily hitting a pause deadlift for like 245. And before that, I mean, before that, like I was like barely, you know, maybe like a 220, 215, mm-hmm. maybe 230, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the week before when I wasn't on my cycle, it was 235 and I easily went up to 245 the week of my cycle and probably could have lifted a little bit, like maybe even like 250 mm-hmm. for that day. But that was like second day of my cycle. Um, I don't know. You know, I think it's like multi multifactorial for sure. Mm-hmm. I think it's some of it is like environmental, mm-hmm. you know, like I would say like overall weightlifting in women has probably increased you know, I don't know what the percentage would be, but over the last, like, say 15 to 20 years, like quite a bit, um, definitely like way more women powerlifters Absolutely. Um, now than there probably, you know, ever has been. Mm-hmm. And I would say like, just overall, like, even if, even if you're not necessarily powerlifting, even if you're just lifting for, for whatever reason, health, mm-hmm. physique, or mm-hmm. if it is just, you know, strength gains, um, I always kind of go back to the clients who were very moldable Mm -hmm. and it was because they were always willing to try the, the recommendations that I was giving them, um, and making that kind of that shift. And I think once they started to see that, then they could see like how well they could actually perform. Um, and then that increases their confidence. And then that when you have more confidence, you want to be more consistent Mm -hmm. and then you're more motivated and then Mm -hmm. it becomes a routine and a habit. And, you know, it just kind of trickles down from there. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I believe that those small wins are very important stepping stones. So like if let's say, uh, a female is on her cycle. And like, she's having her shitty weight because she's on her cycle. She's not feeling good, not feeling herself. She goes into the gym and like, picks up a weight that's 20 pounds heavier than what she's used to. Like that's going to turn around her whole entire day. And it's going to like make her feel so phenomenal. And like, I just, I dude, like the female body is just so mind blowing to me sometimes. Like like for real, like, like I sound like a nerd saying that, but like for real, it's just so mind blowing. And and like, I, like I always nerd out whenever it comes to female anatomy, just due to the nature of how much females can withstand. Like you guys can like birth whole humans. (laughs) they'll be alive i'm like how <laughs> like how is that possible <laughs> so like, yeah yep. so like it's so mind-blowing to me and, and like like I, I use that um analogy a lot with female clients it's like dude like you've birthed a whole human like you're yeah. capable of anything like don't tell me you can't do something like, <laughs> like if you can do that like you can do anything in my book <laughs> well it's so true too i mean like if i just kind of like think back to like the pain that i had when i was in labor like yeah. it, it was like nothing i've ever experienced Um, and so I think like when I relate it back to like lifting, like, you know, even like my top set weeks where it's, it's hard, you know, it feels Mm -hmm. physically hard. It honestly, it, it, I have yet to get to the point where it has felt as hard as childbirth, you know? Really? Okay. So it's like, okay, well, if I did that, then I can probably do these other things. Exactly. Exactly. So like, if if you don't mind me asking, did you do natural childbirth or did you use a epidural? 
the yep. natural. Um, so the first one was, gosh, probably like hmm, 10, 12 hours of labor. And then mm. I got an epidural. Okay. But my second one, um, I I did get an epidural, but I literally had the kid five minutes later. Oh, so no. there was no epidural. Like it, it just came so fast. So, yeah. Oh, so no. first one um, was mostly natural. I mean, towards the end there, I, I was really, really hurting. Um, but the second one was pretty much natural. So. Wow. Wow, dude. Bless you. Like, bless you <laughs> women out there. Like, for I mean, real. I'm not going to like get on here and tell you my whole birth story because nobody wants to listen to that, but okay. definitely in, endured pain for sure. <laughs> it's all good. Well, th- thank you for sharing that with me. Like, I was, just, I was just curious. I was like, wait, I thought that like an epidural makes it a little bit easier because then I was like, is this still that bad with the epidural? <laughs> <laughs> the pressure is there. Just the pain is like numbed. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Well, I'm I'm also asking for uh, for my fiance's convenience because I know she's watching. This. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I say it's bad, but like, honestly, like you're so like hopped up on like endorphins during that time because like you just want to see the kid's face, you know? Yeah. So that's awesome. So let, let me ask you this. Did you uh, still strength train while you were pregnant? Um, I did, but I was really inconsistent. So yeah. like, that was kind of like back in the day where I didn't really have a plan. I didn't, I definitely didn't follow a program. Um, <clears throat> but I definitely did. I was active. I was, I would say like, I was more into, um, back then I was more into like endurance sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I definitely was active during that time, but I would say what I did probably just to like, kind of dial it back a little bit is mm-hmm. I did a little bit more like mobility and yoga. Yes. during those times yeah. like honestly just to stay mobile because there were days where like I just felt like shit and um just like also like from a nausea perspective too like just mm-hmm. needing to not do a lot of intense stuff gotcha yeah so um I, I know a lot of women like they'll get pregnant and then they'll be like okay time out like I can't do anything like I <laughs> I'm made done. a glass <laughs> yeah I'm done I made a glass like I'm like I'm so vulnerable in it right now um, you know, me being a man, I'm not going to act like I know like what that mindset's like, but at the same time, like I see a lot of pregnant women on Instagram and like, they're still like deadlifting, like they're squatting, like they're like doing all these things, of course, until like they get to their third trimester and like they're doing all of all these things. And it's just like, so mind blowing, like yeah. you're still doing this while growing a body what yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's mind-blowing to me um but yeah so like i i've heard like a lot of uh studies or excuse me i've read a lot of studies where like yoga and like mobility training and uh, cardiovascular training as well uh, like endurance endurance shop endurance style training excuse me um has actually been like a great benefit for pregnant women like it's actually mm-hmm. made like labor easier it's made like the birthing process easier as well um so like i i'm always just a big advocate for pregnant women to still be moving 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 yeah to just like be moving like like you don't have to strength train like if you don't feel confident strength training as a pregnant woman don't do it but like do some yoga do some mobility work like strengthen your pelvic floor somehow some way because Mm -hmm. like come that time like i I think i think that'll be a big beneficiary can't speak from experience of course but like i have read that the stronger the pelvic floor is the easier labor can be so. Yeah, actually, um, <clears throat> it might be helpful for your for your audience just to kind of hear a little bit about that from me. So like yeah. pelvic floor for me was <clears throat> something that I never really worked on. And then when I started powerlifting, it was like, okay, we have a problem here. Because there, there were weeks where I was like close to my top sets. And 
Um, let's see. I think I've only had like two instances where I've like literally peed on the floor, mm-hmm. but I mean, definitely there has been instances <clears throat> over the last, you know, say a year mm-hmm. where like I have to wear something like I have to wear a pad or a panty yeah. liner or whatever, because <clears throat> my pelvic floor just was not what I thought it was. And so I actually started pelvic floor therapy, um, earlier, let's see, well, actually just late 2022, and I'm still in it. Um, it's a freaking long process, mm-hmm. but, um, I guess from a weightlifting perspective, like even for some of the women that, that I work with, like that'll come up, you know, they'll be weightlifting. They'll be definitely like lifting heavier than they're used to. And they'll have some incontinence and it can really be embarrassing, but I'm here yeah. to tell you that like part of my kind of like mission, if you will, is to just like normalize it and just mm-hmm. like realize that like we can work on that. Like we can send you to a PT and work on public floor so that you don't feel embarrassed about that, Mm -hmm. but it shouldn't limit you from being active. Yeah. So one one of my assistant coaches, she's actually a a PTA and my uh, fiance is an OT. So I think they're going to be happy hearing that you're uh, promoting therapy out there. (laughs) Yeah. A hundred percent. Like there's definitely a time and a place for it and um, you shouldn't feel ashamed about it at all. So So, like I I joke all the time. The only reason I'm marrying my uh, fiance is because she's a therapist and I'm a bodybuilder. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she, she works on me anytime i have like aches and pains like she'll work on me and i'm like got free therapy let's go that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yeah no like i i i know like i see a lot on social media whenever that occurrence occurs whenever females are pulling heavy and they accidentally you know urinate on the floor or release liquid and uh you, you know, I, I go to the, to the comment section sometimes and like, I just, I see so many people being negative about it and yeah. I'm just like, there's just something that happens. Like, like think about like, like if you sneeze too hard, you, you might yep. keep yourself a little bit. Like it, it happens. Yep. Like it's just something that occurs. Like whenever you have too much force occurring, like yep. it's normal, it's normal. And like, I, I love that you're trying to normalize that. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit weird. I mean, like in the beginning, like when I was experiencing it, I remember like, I didn't tell my coach about it for like a month. And so then I was training with him in person and I was like, okay, so this might happen today. And if so, (laughs) you know, I just wanted to be like out there ahead of time. And he's like, he's like, okay, this is totally fine. He's like, he's like, I know it's kind of embarrassing. He's like, trust me. He's like, I've worked with other female clients before, and like, it's a thing. And he's like, honestly, then he was like pulling up Instagram. He's like, see, all these people are sharing about it. It's totally fine. Yeah, it happens. No, like, I so. I, like anytime that happens, I'm completely unfazed by it. But there was one time I was scrolling on Instagram and there was somebody pulling, like it was a female. She was pulling super heavy and like towards like mid to the top of the movement, she went to lock it out and just mm-hmm. like, just like barfed, barfed yep. everywhere. I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm like, I would have left that room. I would have <laughs> left the building. I would have went home and took a shower. Cause like, I don't, ha- I don't handle vomit. Well, so, <laughs> I was like, nope. <laughs> if I <laughs> that person, I'm going on. <laughs> that definitely happens too. And actually, in my meet in September, um, one of my friends, yeah, she had that happen. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, she had that happen. It was small. I mean, it was okay. Small. It wasn't like spewing. Okay. No. Or right, maybe I can handle small. that. <laughs> maybe I can handle that. But, but the spewing but thing, like, new. <laughs> the spewing, yes, yes. I probably saw the same video that you did because it was definitely a spew. But yeah. yeah, it definitely happens. I mean, I guess it's more or less like. If you, if you are going to be involved in like strength sports in particular, like 
that shit's going to happen. And it happens for guys too. I mean, there's a guy on my powerlifting team that shit his pants, you know, during like one of his top squats. I mean, it freaking happens. <laughs> it, it, it happens. happens. It happens, you know. Oh, and no. <laughs> is it kind of weird? Yeah, but like honestly, like we're all human. So yeah, I mean, we we all shit and pee exactly. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's completely <laughs> a normal human function. Uh, so yeah, that's why I don't. What was his reaction? I don't know how I would have responded to that moment. <laughs> Um, I actually didn't see it because I wasn't on the team back then, but oh, no. um, my coach was telling me about it. And yeah. this was actually when I was going through like my little incontinence thing and mm-hmm. had started working with a PT and he's like, it's fine. He's like, it's totally fine. He's like, you know, so-and-so he's like, our last meet, he shit his pants. Oh, <laughs> so I was like, okay, okay. I feel, okay. That makes me I feel, feel really good. <laughs> I feel really good. I mean, yeah. for this next meet, um, for this next meet, I actually ordered a second singlet to have with me. So like, I'm going to bring a second singlet, a second pair of underwear, mm-hmm. um, and probably some baby wipes or something. There you go. And I feel like if I'm prepared with it, then I won't freaking need it. Mm-hmm. But if I don't have it, then maybe I would need, need it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to start using that, that analogy to, to people, man, that was hard. Yeah. But did you poop yourself? <laughs> <laughs> That's a new way. That's yeah. a new way to identify like what your RPE ten is. <laughs> I think that's RPE eleven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> People are like, that's where I draw the line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Mike, Mike, you tell me if I strength train, I'm going to poop myself. No, like you, you, you got, you got to push a lot of force to make that happen. <laughs> oh oh man, that, that's funny. That's funny. Well, like, I think the last thing I really want us to touch on before like we, we close out here is a, a lot of women, you, you know, I love as late, especially with like all of the new coaches that have appeared since like COVID and since like, uh, you know, Instagram and TikTok has like grown like throughout the years, we, we see more women wanting to strength train. We see more women wanting to build a nice butt. They want to like be strong, but there's also still that outlier that's still like, no, like, I don't want to be big and bulky. Like, I, I don't want to like appear like strong and aggressive. Mm-hmm. Like they still like, they're chasing after that petite like size. Yeah. And like, if that's you, like, I like, if you're listening and like, this is you, I want you to understand if that's your goal, dope, like for mm-hmm. real, cool. If that's your goal, like all the power to you, I want you to achieve it. If it's going to bring you the most happiness in life, like, mm-hmm. cool, like go for it. Like, I'm, I'm not like downplaying it, but what, like, why, why do you think a lot more women are starting to want to appear stronger than petite now? I mean, just anecdotally from my own experience, like <clears throat> I honestly, I don't know if I would have had the same experience if I didn't kind of take the path that I did. I guess the reason why I say it that way is because like, if I think back to my old mindset, mm-hmm. my old mindset was like the way that my body looked, I didn't like it. Right. So in my mind, I needed it to be smaller, mm-hmm. but I didn't really understand like the, <clears throat> the, the compartment perspective, meaning like, you know, one pound of fat in a compartment compared to like one pound of muscle in a compartment is going to look totally different on the body. And so, you know, my goal for a while was just to get to small, as small as I could possibly get, because like, I kind of made this assumption in my mind because I hadn't gone through any other experience 
was that once I got the fat off, there was going to be this like amazingly like sculpted physique underneath, Mm -hmm. but there wasn't, you know, it was just skin and bones. So I had to go through the long and grueling process of then rebuilding the tissue that I had lost, which a lot of that tissue was actually muscle. Yeah. Muscle that I could have actually just been like improving. Um, You know, it was, I mean, it's not that the muscle itself wasn't on my frame and wasn't creating shape, Mm -hmm. but it definitely didn't have the shape that I probably wanted it to because Mm -hmm. I wasn't training, you know, I wasn't like resistance training consistently. So I think in particular for women, there's kind of a mindset thing there that like, if your body doesn't look like you want it to, then the default is almost like, I just want to be smaller, but it's more or less like for those of us who have experienced that, what I'm here to tell you is that it might not be that you actually just want it smaller. It might just be that you want it to look differently. And usually we call that like recomposition. Yep. So, and usually that's really no change on the scale. Usually, you know, I mean, maybe a little bit, five, maybe 10 pounds, depending upon how much body fat, you know, you Mm -hmm. want to lose. Mm -hmm. But um, I guess overall, like just the scale is honestly, like if I could just throw them all away, I would because it really fucks with people's minds. Right. Oh, dude, big time. Yeah. Dude, I tell, I tell our clientele, like our lifestyle clientele all the time, like the only reason like why we even look at the number on the scale is so we can understand what you need to be eating. Like Mm -hmm. just to see how things are going. Like it's just, it's kind of like a tool that we use to range. Hey, is what we currently doing working? And like, not like, not even all the time. Like, do we look at the scale to say, yes, it's working. Most of the time we're looking at your body. Like most Mm -hmm. of the time we're looking at your body image. Like, Hey, like, are they starting to tighten up here? Cool. But the scale went up a pound. Don't care. Look look at how, how you tighten up. Why do you care? Yeah. And yeah. like, like, like my, my fiance, she, uh, she's awesome. Cause like she, she gave me this term, well, not term, but saying really, um, she, she works with, uh, with, a, with a coaching friend of mine, Jillian. Um, and we, we were talking about something the other day, or she just got done doing her check-in <clears throat> with Jillian. And she was like, yeah, like I went up a pound and I was like, yeah, but like, let me see like your, like your progress photos. And like, mm-hmm. I showed like, see your timing up here. She was like, Oh yeah, I know. Like, it's not like I walk around with like my number, like on my forehead. I'm like, <laughs> got a point. Like I wish more people would think that like, you don't yeah. walk with like your weight, like tattooed on no. your forehead. <laughs> no, I think I'm actually going to start posting some pictures like that shows me like with different physiques with different numbers and yeah. different sizes, because like, even just for me in the last <clears throat> probably like six months, um, you know, I'm like now wearing like a size 12 for mm-hmm. pants. Mm-hmm. And like, if I, if I think back to like, when I really started to like, try to get my body back, if you will, after I'd had kids, um, back then, like, I think I was wearing like a 10 and the difference was, is that, you know, I just had like way more like fat mass and not mm-hmm. much muscle. And now I have like way more muscle and I actually need a larger size, you know? So it's, it, it really will mess with your head. So I completely agree with that concept. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like, what, what's, what's weird. is like, I want, want to put this out there because like to my guys listening, like this happens to us as well. Like it, it happens more with like our shirts though. So like, for example, like I, I was a fat kid growing up. Like I spent like all of my life, like as a kid, like overweight, like I got to the point where I was wearing like a two X shirt, like at like 16 and like, now I'm back into wearing a two X shirt. And I remember whenever I had to go up in shirt size for it to like fit comfortable on me, I was like, 
back in a two X again. I'm like, <laughs> and then yes. like I had to, then I had to remind myself. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. Like where you are now, physique wise, completely different than back then. Like, yeah. like you, you you got bigger shoulders, you got bigger muscles, like you got a bigger back. Like it's different. It's different. So like my guys out 100%. there, yeah. So like my my guys out there, I, I if you have to go up in shirt size, please do it. Don't be that guy that walks into the gym thinking he can, yes. he can wear a medium and in reality, he's a large. Please don't do it because it's not a good look. Like, be comfortable. Like, like for real, like, like as, as your body grows, your clothes should grow. That's what I say. <laughs> yes, 100%. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I just went through, like, and I've shared this on social media over the last, like, probably six or eight months, but I went through, like, an entire closet clean out. Mm-hmm. And, um, and what's funny is that if I would have just kept all my old shit, it would probably still fit today. Hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe it wouldn't, like, still be, like, technically in style, but, like, hoodies and stuff like that that like really don't ever go out mm-hmm. of style mm-hmm. like i really wish that i would have kept all that stuff because like now i need it yeah yeah for sure dude <laughs> for sure I, I know what you mean <laughs> i know what you mean so like i, I think about that now and i'm like damn if i just saved all of my clothes from high school i wouldn't like have to buy clothes right now <laughs> that'd be great <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great yeah. uh man danielle this was fun this was fun like like for real this, this is probably one of my most funnest uh is funnest is a word, right? <laughs> funnest is a word. We're yeah, gonna awesome. call it. Cool. So I, I make up words. Like my fiance gives me flack all the time because I make words up, and I'm like, eh, it'll be a word one day. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, but like for real, this is one of the most funnest times I've had recording a podcast, and I, I really think this probably the the poop story is the hardest I've ever laughed while recording. So thank you. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Danielle, where can people find you on social media? Yeah, so mostly I'm active on Instagram. Um, my handle over there is Danielle underscore S underscore Able, and it's spelled A-B-E-L. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm on Facebook, but like, honestly, like most of my time is over on Insta. So gotcha, gotcha. And uh, I, I will put that in the description below so people can just go to it and like a copy and paste because I, I don't know about you, but anytime I could copy and paste something, I, I do it in a heartbeat. Yes, 100%. <laughs> just click or yeah, copy paste exactly, for sure. Exactly. Uh, Daniel, do you have like a website or anything that people could find out more about like your coaching program? Sure. Yeah. So my website is just uh, soulsore da- or soul-sore.com. It's S-O-U-L-S-O-A-R, not sore like your foot is sore. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's me. Okay, awesome. And that will be found in the description below as well, guys. Uh, Danielle, like for real, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. Yo, I see you made it on the other side. I really hope you enjoyed that episode. And I really hope you gained a lot of wisdom from today's Wisdom Wednesday. Uh, Shout out to Coach Danielle for joining me. Uh, Danielle and I had a really fun time recording this podcast. We just bounced off of each other very well. The chemistry was very much there. And I think we just had a good time talking about fitness, talking about health, and talking about the sport of powerlifting. Um, But if you want to check Danielle out on socials, go to the description below. You will find her socials link below. You will also find access to her website in the description as well. What you will also find is access to myself. You will find my socials. You will find my website and you will also find a free Facebook group where we offer a bunch of free trainings, a bunch of free resources and a bunch of free nutrition guides to help you transform your body, not just for a few months, not just for a few years, but for life. So join the circle if you're ready to make the transformation for life. 
I hope to see you there and I'll see you next time.